My name is Christopher Peter and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review, your source for common sense commentary centered on facts, evidence, and data. For the new viewers in the audience, the Christopher Peter Review markets original podcasts discussing salient current events, focusing on ones that impact our public policy, national economic outcomes, and overall society. In this podcast episode, I am going to discuss the final messages from both the Republicans and Democrats as Americans head to the polls on Tuesday. The midterms elections are important and will shape the agenda for our federal government over the next two years. So, without further delay, let us begin this edition of the Christopher Peter Review. Our elections, at any level, really come down to two common political approaches. One is focused on the issues, drawing upon facts and evidence. The other approach is focused on the emotions of the voter base, leaning on politics of fear and anger if voters choose their political opponents rather than the messenger. Both of our leading political parties, Republicans and Democrats, take this path depending on what the political environment is, their record on the top-of-mind issues, and their level of power and responsibility for the situation voters are evaluating to decide how to cast their ballots. For instance, in 2020, Republicans used an emotional approach to aim to retain the White House, messaging that our democracy would be at risk once the progressives take power. A sentiment that resonated with not only hardcore Trump supporters, but people closer to the center and even the center-left. In contrast, Democrats had one factual situation and played that card quite effectively. The pandemic data was troubling, and the facts afforded them an opportunity to make the case to the American people that a different path was needed. Now, the Democrats are leveraging the emotional approach, fostering narratives of dark forces and threats to our democracy. A sentiment that is not really resonating with the American people because real issues like inflation, our teetering economy, community safety, and an overall poor performance by the federal government is of much greater concern than the Star Wars narrative Joe Biden wants voters to believe. In two years, Republicans and Democrats have changed approaches based on what the current political environment is, the level of culpability each has on the status quo, and the respective records. So let us discuss their closing arguments and the viability of each. The Democratic Party has enjoyed complete control over the federal government for the past two years. They rightfully own the economic environment, foreign policy challenges, and domestic issues that Americans are dissatisfied with over the last two years. A level of dissatisfaction that is strong and consistent. They enjoy the power and must accept the responsibility. They have seen their agenda enacted through legislation and executive orders, so there is no ability to separate outcomes from their policies. The only real obstruction they experienced was from their fellow party members. As such, the Republicans' closing message to voters who will cast their ballots on Tuesday is that the situation where nearly three out of four people feel is not heading in the right direction is a direct result of the agenda and policy platform of Joe Biden and congressional Democrats. As such, they will take the opposite approach and at the very least block as much as possible to prevent more destructive policies from being implemented. Being the party seeking power and not in control of the status quo, the bar they need to meet is whether change is warranted and what would they support in its place. In this midterm, the White House is controlled by a Democrat, so they would not have a realistic opportunity to implement their ideas but can make it harder to implement the most controversial aspects of the future Biden agenda. For congressional Democrats, they have the responsibility of showing Americans that the Biden agenda can work, and that Americans would serve their best interests by continuing to see their platform through. To this point, Democrats have struggled to provide a counter-argument that is logical, hopeful, or reasonable. At first, Democrat candidates echoed the narratives of the Biden administration claiming that our economy is good, our communities are safe and united, and America is in a much safer place than two years ago. Unfortunately for them, the actual data and situational facts proved otherwise. Inflation continues to plague our economy, 
reducing the economic outcomes of our citizens, producers, and even the government itself. Crime rates are higher than before, and communities led by progressive-minded candidates seem uninterested in addressing the risk. The people in power appear to be unwilling to evolve their energy policy in fear of another scolding by a tweener in Europe and address the public safety issues because of treating woke as a religion. For a party that wants to cast Republicans as a party of extremists, they come off as one more loyal to the fringe of their party than the hard-working Americans who are now working second jobs and are less secure in their situations than during the pandemic. The biggest gap in the Democratic message is how they would resolve the problems they created. For quite some time, Biden and congressional Democrats have been dismissive of the concerns Americans hold on the condition of our economy, the effectiveness of our foreign policy, and the deteriorating safety of our communities. Frequently they pass off concerns as a right-wing conspiracy theory. But the data driving the economic concerns are from nonpartisan government agencies. Inflation is not a conspiracy theory, rather it is a reliable economic statistic. Increasing energy costs did not just happen unexpectedly but started following a slew of executive orders that targeted energy production and placed many unreasonable licensing requirements to effectively slow down drilling. While a foreign policy crisis did help to make the problem worse, one can reasonably question the efficacy of the prevention of the crisis and the response to the energy challenges. Additionally, there is a sense that the federal government is not managed effectively. The Biden administration seems to be a day late and a dollar short on every issue. Challenges that Americans would expect any Democrat or Republican administration to handle is being completely blundered in the current era. We see problems at our borders rise to historic levels. We saw the Taliban return to power in shockingly quick fashion. And we see the world divide after years of peace through strength. There have been no policy solutions offered from congressional Democrats. No accountability for writing the path forward. What Democrats have offered Americans is a faulty argument that our democracy is under attack and a narrative that Republicans are extremists that will enact a super-duper ultra-mega-mega agenda. I never will believe any Republican or Democrat who claims to be the defender of our democracy because they clearly do not understand our American democracy. The people are the defenders of our democracy. The people will protect our democracy through their votes, activism, and ingenuity. There is a problem in our society where one party makes a claim against their opponents for behaviors that they too can be accused of. The first staple of their argument is that there are Republicans on the ballots who question the results of the 2020 presidential election. People they label as election deniers. They conveniently do not account for the election deniers who question the 2016 presidential election and those who help fabricate uncorroborated narratives proven false by a two-plus-year federal investigation of Russian collusion. We saw election deniers in 2000, who refused to accept President George W. Bush. We saw election deniers four years ago who continue to this day to deny the results of the Georgia state election. We all should accept the results of a fair and free election. But there is nothing wrong with verifying that every legal vote counted and there was no fraud. What I think people should find troubling is one party financially interfering with primaries or attempting to fix who they will face. Democrats cannot legitimately claim extremism for behaviors and ideals more strongly associated with them than Republicans. But what about the political violence at the Capitol building? Political violence is unacceptable in any form. Not an acceptable method to show anger over an election result or societal tragedy. January 6th is a day no person once repeated, but there has been no evidence to corroborate the Democratic accusation that Republicans caused the event. That accusation continues to be a narrative without fact. This is another area where Democrats cannot accuse others of behaviors that are more strongly associated with them. Americans have seen prominent Democrats call for violence, uprisings, and harassment in response to politics and policy debates. 
we have all seen social media posts, interviews, and statements made by prominent Democrats calling for or mocking harassment of their Republican counterparts. We saw political violence done directly in response to hysteria of their own words. There is no evidence showing Republicans directed the horrible events of January 6. Democrats unfortunately are more intricately connected to political violence than their Republican counterparts. The party in power is the one that bears the greatest responsibility of making the case to retain its power. Some people will vote for Democrats because they always vote for Democrats. Others will vote for Republicans because they always vote for Republicans. So, it really comes down to the people who are truly independent, which are people who are not reliable votes for one party or the other but claim to be independent. On November 8, Americans will need to determine whether the Biden administration has the capacity to lead us out of the situation of their creation or if there needs to be a real check on their power. My name is Jennifer Smith and I welcome you to this special edition of the Christopher Peter Review. I hope that everyone in this audience will take the time to cast a ballot on November 8. For the people who decided to vote early, I question whether they understood the issues and positions surrounding the candidates in their respective contest or whether they just voted to get it over with because they always vote the same each cycle. That is their choice. And there are times when it may be necessary to vote earlier than election day. Generally, I believe that it is important to allow yourself the full time to experience any facts, evidence, or stories that may either support your initial position or cause you to rethink your choice. Voting is essential and should be a thoughtful and considerate decision. Not just an exercise of obedience to one political party or the other. There are reasons why we see many candidates say to vote early because early voting sometimes occurs not that soon after the primaries are completed, which give little time for thorough comparison. I am not sure how one can reasonably cast a ballot without experiencing a debate between the candidates. Democrats tend to vote early, and Republicans vote on election day. This is why we saw Democratic candidates delay debates until late October. Because they will feel like their base already cast their ballots and the latest information does not matter at that point. But we have seen voters show voters remorse at times in polls, which can happen with ballots cast on election day as well. I just think important decisions should be made thoroughly and deliberately. Quick ones are usually not the right ones. Especially with ones that have profound impact. Regardless of your ideology or party affiliation, you should support voter participation. I do think voter drives and registration drives are important. But I think there needs to be reasonable limits for where third-party groups can access the people. I passionately believe that unless it is the candidate or a direct representative of the campaign, a person should not receive your voting records, personal information, or be allowed to accost you at your home. Because third-party groups fight against any reasonable effort to vet their staff or volunteers, there is risk to people when unscrupulous people are given your record and show up at residences any time to pressure you to vote for the candidate their organization supports. It is reckless and not respectful of our privacy values. We would not allow commercial interests to do such behaviors. So, we should hold political interests to the same stand. There are too many incidents because people hold political views in the same manner as their religious views. And so do these organizations. People should not be showing up at your door telling you who to vote for. That is not acceptable in this day and age. As a society, we want increased participation, but we need to do it in the right and rational way. These home visits do not really provide any increases in participation, especially when you consider the risks that it generates. Also, if we want higher turnout and greater participation, we truly need to elevate our politics. Our politics continue to race to the bottom of the barrel. 
Political candidates do little to focus on ideas, records, and facts, but just harp on repetitive attacks, distortions, and hysteria. What a person did decades ago in the privacy of their home or in a private conversation does little to show that they are not able to perform the job. Such ideological rigidity leanings do little to prove anything, and claims are generally inconsistent across the board. We need candidates that can focus more on what they plan to do, what their vision is, and why it will perform better. Otherwise, the name-calling and mudslinging will just make people tune out of the process. Which is their right? On November 9th, hopefully we can take a breather from the political stresses of a campaign until November 2024. CP. In closing, I too hope that everyone in the audience exercises their right to vote. I agree that voting early does not truly allow one to know who they are voting for because these candidates will do everything in their power to hide or delay things until the end, when they think it will no longer matter. I always believe that it is important to take your time and learn as much as possible and ensure you are voting for candidates that best meet your needs, values, and expectations. There are no perfect candidates. Just ones that best align with your views and needs. Just make an informed decision regardless of which way you decide to cast your ballot. I thank Jennifer for her continued contributions. Also, I thank the audience for taking the time to experience this episode of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. We hugely appreciate your viewership and continue to collaborate to ensure we offer common sense and informative content. The Christopher Peter Review features not only this podcast, but feature commentary from Christopher Peter and news coverage via yours truly. Please continue to visit the Christopher Peter Review channel at www.crcrvw.com daily for new podcast episodes, commentary, news coverage, and curated news content as well. Our focus is always providing objective common sense analytical content centered on facts, evidence, and data. We leave the partisanship and political hysteria to other sources. Thank you once again for experiencing this podcast episode and we will see you next time.